Why is fear an unavoidable aspect of the human condition? What serves as the basis of true intuition? We explore these topics and the purpose of knowledge itself right now in the NCE Spotlight, your home for fresh insights from the ongoing translation of the New Century edition of Swedenborg's Theological Works. Hey, Dr. Jonathan Rose, how are you doing? Doing well, how are you? I'm doing quite well and gosh, especially being inside now, out out there there's rain coming down, but in here it's so nice to warm by the light and heat of whatever it is you're finding in the work, in your editing work for the New Century Edition. Ah, well, it is wonderful to have you here. It's definitely cozier than being with these books alone. (laughs) The... um, the topic that was on my mind, the the volume that I'm drawing these from is Secrets of Heaven, Volume 4. Okay. And uh, quite a treasure trove of wonderful stuff in there. And the theme for today is um, the simple idea of multiple levels. Cool. Now, a lot of traditions have the idea that there's a spiritual level that's higher than this level. I don't know how unusual it is, but it strikes me as unusual that Swedenborg has a level above the spiritual that he calls the heavenly. Mm -hmm. And that's as big a jump as it is from here to the spiritual. And so I have a few quotes here about that. Nice. Swedenborg talks about the fact that in the Hebrew scriptures, ordinations involve the sacrifice of a ram. Uh, in fact, he's talking about this in the context of the near sacrifice of Isaac, if you remember that dramatic story oh, yeah. in the Old Testament and how at the last minute, instead of sacrificing Isaac, they found a ram with its horns caught up in a thicket or a tangle yeah. of thorns. And uh, so Swedenborg talks about why rams, what rams mean and why they're used in um ordinations and that sort of thing, the consecration Hmm. of members of the priesthood. He says, what the individual details represented, though, cannot be seen by anyone except from the inner meaning. The young ox, which was another animal used in these, used as a sin offering, symbolized what was divinely earthly in the Lord. The ram symbolized what was divinely spiritual and also spiritual members of the human race. This can be seen from the symbolism of a young ox and a ram in the word. Ordinations into the priesthood were conducted by spiritual means. In other words, he's commenting on the fact that these animals would be used in the sacrifices around that. So ordinations into the priesthood were conducted by spiritual means because the spiritual dimension introduces us to the heavenly dimension. Oh, (laughs) really interesting to me and so he finishes off by saying to say it another way religious truth introduces us to a loving goodness oh nice Mm, that's so interesting so it's very intriguing to me to think about uh, that these spiritual things are used because they're a gateway to love, you know, that, that's the whole yes. point. They want to take you to that next level above the spiritual. Oh, and some weeks ago we had a question 
uh, on the live show that we did where, oh, and Jonathan, I don't think you were there for this one, but um, somebody asked about, is there anything Swedenborg says he can't say, you know, in his revelation? Uh, <laughs> you know, what was he not able to put into words? And it got us talking about sort of kind of like this, where Swedenborg describes even the whole highest level of heaven is sort of of feeling, you know, it's more of feeling than it is of, of words right. is how he describes it sometimes, you know, it's so interesting to try to put all the pieces together, but, but this is like another thing in that vein of like, actually there's this whole spiritual level that is just going to leverage you up to getting connected to that <laughs> goodness, you know, that <laughs> love that's on the higher I, level. I love that. It's, it's hard to put into words, but it's amazing to think about that just being a container for something else that's even more precious. It's very cool. Yeah. Uh, speaking of multi-leveledness, uh, this next one from 2826 um, talks about three different ways of or, or places that you could come from in your worship. Different ways that you can approach worship. And I think what he's doing here is that uh, there's been a lot of emphasis in Christianity and also in other religions about fear, you know, uh, a fear-based yeah. kind of worship. You worship God because otherwise it's going to be trouble, you know. Yeah, Your life yeah. is going to go badly or there's going to be revenge or something. and. And um, Swedenborg says here, these scriptural quotations show that the fear of God is worship based on fear, a goodness inspired by faith, or a loving goodness. So mm -hmm. those are three places you can come from. You know, you could be coming from fear, you could be coming from a goodness inspired by faith, or a loving goodness, which I take to mean a goodness inspired by love. Yes. The more fear there is in worship, the less faith there is, and the mm. amount of love is even smaller. Mm. Conversely, the more faith there is in worship, and especially the more love there is, the less fear there is. Admittedly, and then he has a sort of caveat on here, fear is present in all worship, but under another guise and other garb. This mm. fear is holy fear. Holy fear is not so much fear of hell and damnation. You know, hit pause. Isn't yeah. that what a lot of, you know... <laughs> That's most of the religious fear out there. <laughs> yeah. The way it's Wesley, yeah. the founder of Methodism, criticized Swedenborg's view of hell because it wasn't scary enough. You know, yeah. it, it was a major tool that he was using to try to terrify people into living good lives. So this holy fear is not so much fear of hell and damnation yes. as fear of doing or thinking anything that opposes the Lord or our neighbor. So it's fear of doing or thinking anything that opposes a loving goodness or religious truth. And then this last sentence just struck me. It is an aversion and it forms one side of the boundary drawn around all that is holy in faith and love. Wow, there's a lot in there. Yeah. That's so cool to think about uh, that boundary. That makes sense. You need a boundary and that it's going to be aversive to 
things that go against go the, against the it, love yeah. and the faith that's that's inside and makes me think uh swedenborg writes in life one right that the the life religion is of life and the life of religion is to do good right so the yeah. whole idea of worship is how we live and i just found what you're describing of those three levels is just so true every day in my mind you know it's like if if fear is running the game then i'm gonna have a hard time even connecting to any sense of what's true but then all the more so i'm gonna feel far far away from love you know what is a sense of love or and anything like that and then but then vice versa and so it just seems like that's totally you know it's a spiritual toolbox kind of a thing where it's like it is if if you find yourself in states of fear you know, really go out of your way to connect yourself to the truth and especially connect yourself to some experience of, of love, of loving, you know, feeling loved or whatever brings that for you in your life. So I love it when what Swedenborg says something like that, where he's talking about, oh, you can worship in these three different ways, but then it just like takes on a whole new life when you think about how it can help be a guide in your everyday, you know, trying to find your way through the sort of forest of our thoughts and feelings. You know? <laughs> I love those diagnostic kind of things. And they're not, it's not that it's a criticism. If you're coming from fear, that's one of the things on the menu. But yeah. uh, again, right. you yeah. see why it came to mind in connection with levels that there's a couple of levels above fear. Yeah. If you want, you know, there are other places that you could be coming from. And uh, then that riff on holy fear was so interesting to me in that one side of the boundary drawn drawn around all that is holy and faith and love. And I feel like that's just like Swedenborg to say, so just what you said about how fear, it's a part of the equation, like it's there, you know, it's one of the, it's going to be the level, one level. And interestingly, he says how the holy fear is that outermost level, uh, you know, that aversion boundary. Um, It makes me think of how in our consciousness he says the earthly level of our mind the one that is most susceptible to fear you know forgetting religious truth yeah. it, really, it thinks about in terms of appearances and everything that is uh that is this essential boundary that helps us have a sense of self you know and yet it comes with this whole uh some baggage around you know right. having a default to think in fear terms but mm. anyway that's that's cool that it's like there's a purpose to that and you just have to understand that it's there and how to work around it. It makes me think of just all these things in life where there's um, there's somebody that you encounter on the outermost boundary. I mean, for some reason, the first thing I thought of was like a nightclub or something that might have a, a bouncer or somebody there who checks ID or something. You know, There's yes. a furthermost boundary that you go through and of course, that that thing is there, you know, yeah. to prevent the wrong thing from happening. That's yeah. it doesn't go to the middle of whatever it is. It goes to that outer boundary. Yeah, yeah. All the all the things in the Bible that talk about meeting your enemy in the gate, you know, that kind of stuff. Right. It's interesting. That's right. Yeah. And then this third quotation from twenty-eight thirty-one is about the key role that knowledge plays 
if you don't happen to be blessed with perception, and the mm-hmm. reason this fit in with the other things that we're talking about is that Swedenborg says that it's characteristic of people who are at that spiritual level that they are more oriented to knowledge, uh, whereas those who are up at the heavenly level have just a perception. And, and we can hmm. talk some more about what that looks like. And the reason he's bringing this up is because the ram has its horns caught in the thicket. Oh. <laughs> and he says this is a great image of how spiritual people get their minds kind of all tangled up. <laughs> you know, it, it's just a hazard of being at that level that you don't have this perception that would kind of straighten everything out for you. Hmm. So here's what he says. Spiritual people become caught in the tangle of earthly knowledge about religious truth. And this is why. They do not have a perception of what is good and true the way heavenly people do. In place of perception, they have conscience. Conscience is formed from the religious goodness and truth they have absorbed since their earliest years, from parents and teachers, and later from the teachings of the religion they were born into. People who do not have a perception of what is good and true necessarily depend on knowledge to double-check their thinking. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Oh. That's so interesting. I love, you know, a word that we've used, we've substituted for perception in the past when we had, did a show on that subject, it was the word intuition, because that is right. so much more of a word that's kind of in the air these days than That's right. Than perception. It's a good, good equivalent. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting to think about what that means to have intuition of what he says, right? Goodness and truth. That's he's what is good and what is true. Um, And yeah, it's just so interesting to think about using, shifting from that knowledge-based thing that can really, it can tie you up in a knot because then you sort of are stuck because you're thinking is this the right thing to do or is that the right thing to do? Like you can, it, it's like it's like different orders of magnitude in physics. Like Newton's physics work for certain problems, but you you have to right. move beyond that to answer other questions. And mm. I sort of think that we come to terrains in our spiritual lives in the process of regeneration that kind of forces us to like, well, maybe it's not just about knowledge. Maybe there is this, you know, intuition that, of what's good and true that is going to have the simpler answer for what what maybe is the most helpful or something. It makes me feel compassion for um, all of us who don't have that perception because mm-hmm. if you honestly, um, it's like lacking one of your physical senses or something, if you honestly can't tell what's good or what's evil you know i'm i'm not sure i thought i thought it would be good to take revenge i couldn't really tell you know or mm-hmm. i you know i don't know i'm thinking about this i don't know if it's a bad thought or a good thought and so the yeah. only thing you've got to work with is to go by well mom always said you know yeah. whatever <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know and so try to go from there what did your teacher say what did you read in the book 
and try to sort of triangulate uh, some sort of an idea of a position. Well, this is out of alignment with that, and I can't quite tell if... Does that mean this would also be the case? I'm not sure. I can't really tell, you know. Yes. Uh, But doing the best we can, you know, but we inevitably get tangled up. And and that's part of what the Lord came to do, which is in mostly in that story Mm -hmm. of the ram and the thicket, is to help us, to help us get unstuck, uh, you know. Oh, I love that. that from that thicket. I just think we have such a propensity to overthink things, you know? A little bit. (laughs) And it makes me think of how uh, so often in in people, what experiences I've had myself and that I've heard from other people is like, if you, you know, whether it comes in a dream or it's just this like flash of insight or inspiration, but so often like, the messages that really help us and give us support are just so succinct and brief. You know, like it just seems like oh, that's that, true, isn't it? That intuition and perception can just be so, you know, straight to the point and mm. matter of fact. Whereas, you know, the the religious truth, the thicket, just feels like you can really tie yourself up in knots <laughs> overthinking yeah, everything, right. and you just need somebody to be like, no do this. You know, this is what's, this is what is the most loving in this moment or whatever. And that's, uh, it reminds me of another biblical image that has struck me that, um, when Jonah is swallowed by the great fish, he he gets, well, when he plunges into the ocean before he gets swallowed, Mm -hmm. uh, he goes all the way down to the bottom of the ocean to what's called the moorings. And, Mm -hmm. um, and he says, weeds were wrapped around my head. Yes, um, right. Same kind of thing, isn't it? Like the weeds yes. and the thorns, and that image of just like, what a great image of being like, your head is buzzing, you're going round and round in circles, but you can't figure out, um, you know, what should I do in this situation? Yeah. And And sometimes it is something so simple, you sleep on it and something, you just wake up in the morning and you think, oh. Well, it would be wrong to do this or something, yes. you know, something, yeah. something very yeah. simple. So it's like, I don't know what I'll do, but I'm not doing that. So yes. <laughs> that's your clarity and you go forward from there. Oh, well, that's great. This has been such a delight. I, I feel extra warm and cozy now after spending this time getting to hear hear those passages from you and and reflect on them. So I hope I hope our listeners feel just as warm. Good. Thank you so much, Jonathan. Yep, I look forward to next time. Always a pleasure. I hope your heart was uplifted and your mind inspired by this week's NCE Spotlight. Subscribe to the Inside Off the Left Eye podcast to tap into this stream of fresh insights and join us on our excursions into the historical context of Swedenborg's life and works. All passages quoted in this episode are sneak peeks from upcoming volumes of the New Century Edition translation of Secrets of Heaven. If you've benefited from the work of the Swedenborg Foundation through Off the Left Eye and the New Century Edition, consider supporting us with a donation. We are a nonprofit and depend on the support of our donors. To give, go to swedenborg.com donate. And thank you for listening.